Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. On today's episode, we have a dear friend of mine, Mickey Iwasaki, who is an artist and designer raised in Southern California and currently living in San Diego. His curiosity in making and building things eventually led him to pursue a career in architecture and attend San Diego State Polytechnic University in Pomona, California. Mickey also studied for a year at the Kyushu Institute of Design in Fukuoka, Japan, and received his master's in architecture from the Harvard Graduate School of Design in Cambridge, Massachusetts. His architectural experience includes work in New York, Los Angeles, and San Diego firms, and spans a variety of project types, including residential, office, restaurant, retail, and gallery work. Throughout his academic and early professional years, Mickey remained dedicated to his own art projects and furniture designs. Mickey's interest and skills consistently expand the fields of architecture, art, and design as he pushes himself to explore new materials, methods, and projects. And we totally discover all of those spaces with him today. And he's also coming on our design cover and membership um, into your design panel, which happens on the first Friday of every month. This one will be on August 5th, where we learn from three interior designers um, on their experiences, their successes, and of course, their failures. Welcome to Bewitching the Home, a podcast that supports the journey of holistic interior designers. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford, a creatrix of Sacred Space. Here, we will discover new concepts, meet creatives, and learn from active interior designers and conscious businesses that guide us to create enchanted homes. Homes filled with mindfulness, intentional living, and well-being for their inhabitants and Mother Earth. Homes connected to the highest vibration that bring balance, harmony, and a purposeful way of living. Welcome back to Bewitching the Home. I have Mickey Iwasaki on today with us, who is a designer of sorts and amongst other things, an artist and all kinds of beautiful, beautiful things that I'm super, super excited about. And he's also coming on to the Design Coven in August um, as one of our design panelists. So before we get into our interview with Mickey, I would love to just set our space by ringing our bell, connecting us with our breath and the present moment. <clears throat> Just centering down, grounding. And of course, I'm going to light a candle. Um, love, fire, energy. So we're connecting with the energy of creativity um, whenever I work with fire. So I'm gonna go ahead and just light our candle to set the intention of communication and creativity. 
Alrighty. And then of course I have to pull a card. So Mickey, I'm pulling us a crystal card. This is just going to connect us with some energies that might be wanting to be seen and connect with us in our session today. Ooh, I have selenite. So selenite is consciousness and spiritual connection. I also really associate the selenite with the moon. Um, I just think it has just a beautiful moon-like energy. Um, so selenite clears, opens, and activates the higher chakras. It's a companion to all spiritual work, meditation, enhancing peace and calm. It helps create a peaceful space, protects us while working in the angelic realm. And I also love using selenite just to do a nice cleanse. So like if I am out, I'm with a client or, you know, something might've happened on a job site. So I'll have like a piece of selenite in my car and I might just do a nice little cleanse or I'll do it with my hands. And selenite is just a beautiful stone for just detoxing. I'll also put it in people's homes to kind of give that clearing energy. I feel like it's, it's a running, almost like a running battery of clearing. And so, okay. yeah, it's so good. All right, Mickey, what do you have over there? What are you drinking? I, you showed me a glimpse of it earlier today. Yes, I am drinking 7-Eleven drip coffee. Uh, it is my sort of backup plan. I do love to get an Americano uh, in the morning if I can stop at a, at a good coffee shop. My coffee of choice is always um, Cafe Moto. Um, somebody who brews Cafe Moto coffee, unfortunately, I have oh, yeah. at my home, but... Uh, but uh, we do have a 7-Eleven walking distance from the studio, so it tends to be our backup <laughs> plan. We don't get the stuff for a good time. Yeah, that's a good backup plan. I love Cafe Modem. So good. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, have uh, a Paru tea. So I oh. have the biscuit oolong. <laughs> Some Amy. And um, uh, I know, Mickey, you designed their space, both of their spaces. Which is mm -hmm. unbelievable and gorgeous and if anyone has a chance if you're in San Diego you've got to check out both locations both in Point Loma and in La Jolla and we can get into some of that design aesthetic um, that you put into that that space because it's absolutely stunning uh, but before that I would love to know what's home for you at the moment well home for me um, is Ocean Beach uh, in San Diego um, it's pretty close. It's our, on the cusp of Ocean Beach and uh, Sunset Cliffs. We finished our uh, home um, construction in, in 2020, sort of right as in the middle of COVID, we were able to finish and move in. And um, yeah, it's been a real blessing to have a home that I was able to design. And, um, you know, it, it sort of took some of the pain of lockdown um, away. We were really fortunate to be in a new home and uh, sort of spread out a little bit and uh, yeah we're really lucky to, to be there and of course it's it's walking distance to Sunset Cliffs so um, that really was sort of the driving force into mm -hmm. sort of how we chose location um, also with the school district um, that was an important one as well so um, yeah Ocean Beach Wow and um, so did you build the house from the ground up? Yes. So um, there was an original house on the property. It was, uh, we lived there for two years. Um, it was a 900 square foot, one, ba uh, one bathroom 
place. Um, and we tried to save the structure, but it was just it, the way the development was made in the 40s, it just wasn't strategically placed on the site. Uh, so it was yeah. centered in an awkward way. So we I had a couple scenarios of trying to keep that structure and add to it, but um, it just made more sense to yeah. start over. Fortunately, we were able to do that. Made the process much longer, but um, but I think it's worth it in the end. Absolutely, that's amazing. I didn't realize you had you had built it from the ground up. That's that's so rad. And you just recently were featured in San Diego Magazine. Yes, yes. So we had Anna, Anna Maria Stevens and, and Tomoko as a photographer. Just a lot of, uh, and, and of course Jillian. And we had a lot of uh, familiar uh, people and friends to, to to talk to about the project, which which is which was so fun. I, I felt it was the right choice to support local. You yeah. know, local magazine and work with friends in the San Diego community. It felt it felt like the right thing to do. That's really so fortunate. rad. So, did you specifically reach out to them to to be featured versus like reaching out to like right. a, a big net? Good question. Yeah. So I didn't um, reach out specifically to them at first. Um, okay. It's, it's this sort of PR stuff. I'm not very good at marketing, and, and I don't don't really have a strategy. Um, and the architecture work, we can talk about sort of professional sort of stuff in a minute, but I didn't really have an architectural focus. And so, you know, but we always obviously wanted to celebrate the, the completion of the home. So um, they came to me, um, Jillian texted me, Anna Maria texted me, <laughs> and Tomoko texted me. <laughs> uh, okay, this, you know, I should really talk to them and make this happen. You know, Troy just recently acquired uh, the magazine with his wife, and it just felt right. Um, and yeah, and I'd rather sort of again support local and, and mm-hmm. sort of have that. And, and it wasn't. I'm not looking to sort of like you know blast it, you know, throughout the world and press. It's just, uh, it's just we wanted to sort of celebrate it as a completion and document it in some form. So just absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, so cool. I've only seen photos and things that you've posted, so I have to. I, I need to get my hands on the physical copy. I'll I'll be searching for that. Okay. Well, if you don't find it, I have a couple extra copies, so I'll send you one. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It looks absolutely stunning. And, and your style. I mean, you're more minimal. What is? What would you say is your aesthetic? Or, um, yeah, it, it does have a sort of minimal touch to it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I do. You know, so many different things, um, just in the creative realm. That um, when it comes to a home, my my thought was to you know just have sort of a timeless, sort of neutral space um, that you know the activities of life sort of fill that space, rather than sort of have this strong sort of uh, you know architectural language or sort of sort of formwork or materials that sort of dominate um, the, the, the environment. I wanted to have something that, you know, felt felt calming and uh, yeah, just sort of, you know, let the life happen inside. Yeah, amazing. Um, so I just want to back up a little bit and kind of explore how you got into this world. How did you come into the world sure. of design? And I mean, I think I was very lucky um in that i knew what i wanted to sort of do um to a certain degree before 
mean, I think I was maybe eight or nine years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I, was, I used to draw and paint a lot and work with my hands and build things. And, you know, my parents said, you know, well, your uncle's an architect. Um, maybe that's something you'd want to do. And so I knew very young that um, I wanted to get into some kind of design field. And um, so that trajectory was just pretty linear. Um, and when it came to selecting colleges, that's, you know, that's the sort of you know, selection process that I made. I, um, it's interesting, I did, I did sort of contemplate whether I wanted to get into education mm -hmm. or, or design and architecture. And it sort of ended up after graduation, you know, sort of doing both. Um, but, uh, but yeah, architecture and design was something that from a very early, very early stage that I wanted to do professionally. So yeah. yeah, I feel very lucky. I mean, I think a lot of people struggle finding that that um, you know place to sort of exert their energy and focus on. And, um, and yeah, but fortunately for me, I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah, I mean that's just incredible. I've spoken to a lot of people where it's like they just knew, like from way little, what you know. Especially, I feel like mm -hmm. with design, especially or with artists, they kind of have this pull and this drive and this thing that just kind of takes them. And it's like, you can't even control it, right? You just kind of dive yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, very, very young age is sort of where, and I think back now, I didn't know this then, but, but you know, it's sort of where you get lost and time sort of disappears. And, you know, it's all those things that we sort of talk about as sort of passion, you know, where your passion lies. And it, yeah, you just get, yeah, you just get absorbed by the process. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So rad. And so, are you are you currently teaching? Are you still teaching right now? Um, not right now. No, I've, I've sort of taken some time off, and um, I've been asked to teach, and we try to figure it out. But just uh, time and schedule logistics nowadays um, with the kids and everything, it, it's yeah. really difficult to uh, to make that work. Um, it's such a big time commitment, um, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't work for my current schedule. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I do intend to go back to teaching in some capacity at some point. Um, mm -hmm. but, yeah, but I don't. I just don't know where that is yet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's amazing. Because it's really interesting. The teaching is a whole other process of that is also equally enjoyable. But you also, you know, people say the person who who learns the most in the classroom is the teacher, and I think that that's true. I think that mm -hmm. you know, when you're preparing for the course, you're sort of communicating these ideas, you know, to, to multiple people in multiple different ways. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it, you learn a lot and you know, question a lot of things yourself and it's a great process too. Yeah. I, I'm just finding that just in the membership group with the design Kevin and just like, you know, having a space to teach these aspiring designers and then relooking at my processes and like, what am I doing? And it's like, oh my God, like I got to revamp this. I got to redo that. Like how can I make this more simple? <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And um, and speaking of that, I do want to have a trip to um, Peru um, within the coven and to, to look at the most beautiful showroom that you've just created. It's, you know, talking about not only Point Loma, but you just recently completed the showroom in La Jolla. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that space? Yeah, so, you know, this is one of these sort of serendipitous moments. Um, 
we, you know, I met Amy at um, Maker's Arcade, you know, I forget what year it was, it was during the holiday, she had her tea cart, and she's like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, building a cart, <laughs> and I said, you know, can you help us with that, and that was sort of first sort of request for us to look at, and it soon, you know, sort of grew, and, you know, part of it just amazing whatever everything they're doing is so great they, their you know requirements grew really quickly and so we looked at um, you know the Point Loma space and uh, it was again one of these things that naturally we we knew where the design was going she had a strong sort of brand identity and uh, you know we connected sort of on on our sort of histories were sort of synonymous, you know, growing up in Southern California as Asian Americans. And, you know, there was a lot in appreciation for things in Japan, but, you know, also appreciation for design and, and our aesthetics sort of, sort of matched really well. Um, and so there, it wasn't a difficult process. I didn't have to sort of, you know, convince her to do things. I mean, or she didn't have to sort of twist my arm to make me do things uh, differently. We just sort of, you know, naturally started to, to design things in the space and it just you know it just clicked really really well um but you know with her brand also you know it's a very sort of clean and i would say minimal you know asian influence japanese influence um yet sort of have natural and sort of refined elements in there and again nothing overwhelming um and uh yeah just a sort of a calming space especially for you know something like tea um mm -hmm. and, just naturally developed really well. Um, it was, you know, it was the, the both conditions were existing conditions that we had to sort of adapt to, and they had their limitations. So, you know, there were some challenges, especially. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we were able to figure out a great solution. Yeah, I mean, I just love the details that you put into it, and then and using the natural wood and, and expressing the the green in the wood, and just keeping things so clean. And you're right, like your aesthetic and hers it's just like a match like it's it's incredible it's like I don't I don't know if there's another designer that could have really connected so <laughs> well with the brand yeah, it's no, just like, very very lucky again just it just was you know it was just a natural fit I think um, not that other projects and other other things aren't exciting right. and aren't um, sort of a, an interesting fit in their own way you know like I'm talking about this car project and I do have an interest in cars so, you know, I have a 60s era van and this is a 60s era van truck. And, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, moments, other moments like that where, you know, you get to combine interests and get, get excited about things. But, uh, but yeah, with Amy and Paro, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a great fit. Yeah, I was super excited when she, because, uh, you know, Amy and I are, are good friends. And when she was telling me about the space and how she's bringing you on, and I was like, well, what? I was just so like, oh my God. <laughs> And then I didn't even yeah, know that no, you guys knew each other. True, true, yeah, it is small world San Diego, and yeah, I mean, you and I have known each other for for our kids, right? It was, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, it's great when these things sort of just come together. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I yeah, I remember the first time I met you was at um, Design Within Reach, and you had your beautiful wooden rings that were for sale, and I was helping Britt. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it was before Mixture, right? Um, no, I was actually currently at Mixture because I was yeah. working with, yeah, because okay. Britt and I were working together and then she was doing this show at DWR right. with you, with her right. plants and the orbs. And then I was right. 
I went there to help her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was many years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, so yeah, that was super babies, and then you guys got pregnant, and then I got pregnant, and then we ended up in the same like baby group, and I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I just brought some of that jewelry out because we did the Maker's Arcade, you know, so last weekend. Yeah, maybe we should, you know, revisit this and develop some more pieces again. Oh my but, gosh! Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. they're like pieces of sculpture that you get to wear. Yeah, they're incredible. Super fun. So, um, and, and tell us what else you're you're working on. Tell us about this project with the with the track. Yeah, so this is you know again working with designer um, Megan White, who's a uh, local San Diegan. She had a client who who wanted a library, a mobile library, and sort of book book sale truck. Um, oh my god! And this, yeah, again, this is a Greenbrier. It's a very rare '61 uh, Chevy truck that has this sort of ramp on the side. And um, so we're designing and fabricating the, um, the the shelving system that can you know, some elements are going to pull out, and then these sort of doors open up, so it's and you can bend and browse books and also provide shade. So again, a super fun project. Um, you know, I like the cars of this era, and um, yeah, it's one of those things that like just was a was a great fit. So, you know, a very different, unique opportunity, um, but uh, a fun one for sure. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! Yeah, and again, that like totally connects your worlds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think um, being able to be you know selective like that with projects and just sort of knowing people. I think it's also the connection with the people, right? They they know you, and, and so Megan came to me knowing that I have this interest, and also I do fabrication work. Um, and so you know, just being uh, open and honest, I think about what you like and what you do uh, allows it sort of opens up those opportunities, right? It's sort of like um, you're not just, I'm just not, I'm not hanging a plaque on my, on my door, hoping that somebody's just going to stumble in. It's just, really, yeah. you know, it's just through these networks, through these communications with people that, that I think these opportunities come. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your relationship and just all the connections that you've made in the past, um, uh, is that typically how mm -hmm. you get all of your, your work? Is it through? Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I'm terrible at marketing. Um, and, you know, I, I've contemplated, you know, maybe I should hire somebody, you know, do, do other things. But um, it has been mostly word of mouth and just doing, like, you know, doing makers and just kind of bumping into people and just, yeah, just sort of natural um, uh, evolution, I suppose. Um, but it's also, I don't know, I guess, you know, the way sort of life evolves, uh, you know, I didn't want... the. the I guess I can back up even further is that after graduate school, I worked in New York City and that's where I met my wife, but um, it was a pretty sort of typical architectural sort of trajectory okay. for a corporate firm, Skid Rowling and Merrill, you know, times 400 people in the office, it's sort of long hours, weekends, you know, sort of sitting at a computer or, you know, we're doing, we're doing stuff with sort of on the design side with the models and things, but, um, you know, it was a pretty draining, you know, sort of process. And, um, so I switched to another firm, which had more sort of designs or sensibilities that were closer to mine or for, um, Annabelle Seldor, 
that also was great, um, but it, you know, I, I at a certain point was was you know thinking to myself that you know just sort of the traditional architectural track isn't really fit the right fit for me. Um, I needed to work with my hands. I needed to sort of see things sort of from start to finish a little bit quicker, and have more design autonomy and things like that. Um, so that's how sort of the this sort of evolution to you know having my own practice and taking on clients sort of evolved. But with that, of course, you have the freedom, right, to to, to mm-hmm. get your own schedule and sort of you know, dabble in the interests that you're, you have. And then you know that turns into sort of like you know okay, you have other priorities in life, right? And so you know kids come yeah. along and you know <laughs> there's a lot of time commitment and. You know, just that balance. Uh, my wife works full time too, and she's a therapist. And you know, her schedule now is pretty set. Um, she worked for the school district for a while, and and so I sort of took on the more flexible role. Um, yeah. And so you know, having this sort of like 100% like entrepreneurial grind thing for profession didn't quite work either. You know, so this sort of flexibility in the work to do all the things that we wanted to do in life um, sort of, you know, allows with, with the, the way the sort of natural progression of, of clients and things, it just allows for more movement, I guess. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, that's sort of how um, it was set up. And I didn't plan it that way, you know, like and it wasn't sort of my intention to say, this is a lifestyle that I'm going to live. Yeah. It's sort of naturally into this, this, this space, but um but yeah, I think that that was uh, that's something that I am very grateful of, and um, just really allows me to do do the, all the things that, that that I do. That's incredible. So, when did you start working for your own on your own? Uh, uh, so uh, we moved from okay. So we were in New York, and this was post September 11th. Um, blackouts or all these things happening in New York City and we said okay we have to leave New York City for a little while at least and so um, we weren't married yet um, but my wife and I we left New York and uh, we traveled to Southeast Asia we just said we're going to go on this sort of trek and we traveled to um, to Southeast Asia for about four or five months uh, we oh spent gosh. about two months in Bali surfing um, you know, it's sort of like happy <laughs> moments, right? It's like it's you know you sort of leave and sort of try to find yourself. And, and uh, we had a, a bigger plans to sort of travel South America and do other things, but um, my wife found a job uh, here in San Diego, and uh, she's okay. like, I think this is, you know, I think this is a good fit, and uh, so we said, all right, well, let's give it a try. And that was uh, late 2005, um, and we said, okay. Let's try San Diego. It's just a different lifestyle, and so I knew I didn't want to immediately jump back into architecture at that point. Okay. And so that's when you know I started making more things on my own. We had a place in Golden Hill, had a small single car garage. I started making stuff. Um, I did take on. I did work part time in architecture. I took some uh, projects on some on the side, and then um, eventually that sort of balance turned into working part time at Graham Downs Architecture. Oh yeah. And so doing things um, and so yeah that allowed me to because working for yourself in your home you know it's sometimes very sort of isolating right so absolutely um, <laughs> so I knew I needed to venture out and um, 
can you know network and meet people and you know so that was a great experience um, working with Graham and, and, and meeting all the people there I'm still friends with many people that, that have been in that office and uh, yeah and so that's that was the early stage and then at a certain point you know I think it was 2008 2009 the recession hit and uh, more public art opportunities were sort of my focus and sort of I left Graham's office and uh, just started doing my own stuff full time and uh, yeah it's been it's been that so way since. when you were doing your own stuff was it art or was it architecture or both or? It was uh, architecture um, we were doing some re residential renovation work um, and also of course consulting with Graham um, was architecture um, but uh, the, the on the personal side I was making furniture and sculpture um, that's about the time I had a show at Spacecraft Gallery um, right. and then with theirs, old uh, art gallery um, which was great um, and yeah so it was always sort of a combination of that it was sort of sculptural and sort of more functional uh, mm. works and um, and so now I guess you know for people who don't know um, I sort of have two personas professionally, I guess. Uh, one is, uh, you know, Miki Osaki, that's my name, that's more of the public art and sort of installation work and sculpture work and studio work now. And then uh, we have Sunset Projects, which I see more as a sort of collective. And, you know, the staff that I have here, I mean, it's one studio doing multiple things, but, um, you know, they're artists and designers in their own right and, and do amazing work, but we sort of collaborate with us sort of more design and installation work. It's more furniture and that's where sort of like yeah. the interiors and things like that. Yeah. So how many people do you have on your team right now? We have three people, uh, me plus three. Um, and it's sort of the, the schedule ebbs and flows. Um, okay. They are sort of like me doing many things. And so we just sort of keep the, flex, the schedule flexible. Um, you know, I just ask that if there's a huge deadline that we all sort of pitch in, but you know, there's sort of times we find the gaps where we can sort of drift and do other things and explore other things on our own. And um, yeah, like Jordan, who you saw just briefly a second ago, he's, he's he graduated from San Diego State um, in the furniture program. Um, and he's, for example, doing a residency in uh, North Carolina in the winter um, for a little bit um, at Penland. Um, so, you know, these, these things like that come up. I encourage everybody to, 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 you know, keep the fire alive and, <laughs> and really pursue the things that are, that, are, uh, that are interesting to them and, you know, keep them going. So oh my gosh. we make it work. No, I, that's yeah. so fantastic. I absolutely love what you're doing and being able to be so flexible with your team and allowing them to pursue passions and desires that are calling to them and yet still being able to have something that's stable and connecting with all of you there. I just think that's so healthy and unbelievable. I don't hear much of, of that. I always hear, you know, places being so hard and like rigid and you can't do this and you can't do that. And it's like, it just stifles that energy. Right. right. And that's, again, it was, it was the reason why I left New York and left sort of a traditional architectural practice is that, um, yeah, you know, we, I don't think we're meant to be doing that. I mean, people are, are very successful in that realm too. I think certain personalities yeah. really thrive in that environment as well. But uh, for me, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't the fit long term. I couldn't do it in, uh, 
and so I try to provide that opportunity for others to, um, you know, to really be able to explore and do the things that they want to do. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And are you offering internships or like, I'm, I, I know people are going to hear this and be like, <laughs> I want to join the team. <laughs> I, I do get hit up often, um, but it just depends on the person. Again, it's sort of sometimes it's just a natural fit. Um, yeah. And um, just, and also timing of the projects. You know, sometimes we need more hands um, at a particular moment. And yeah, it's nice to have them, uh, have people sort of jump on board, but other times it's sort of like the sort of integration of them, the, 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 the learning curve might be a little too steep at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I can't really you know, manage to take them on. Um, but yeah, it just depends on what kind of tools does they have and their experience and sort of what we have sort of growing in the, in the studio. Mm. So cool. That's so cool. I love it. Um, so what are you guys currently working on at the moment? So I, I have a list that's the sort of my process is like every morning I look at the list um, and I rewrite the list like a hundred times. Uh, but um, we have public art projects, several public, public art projects that are in the works. Um, I just recently uh, was awarded one in uh, Louisiana. Oh my gosh. Um, so we're trying to do more projects sort of outside of California. Just different places so it's an amazing way to learn about um, places and, and just travel a bit um, we finished one in North Carolina last year I'm waiting to hear about one in Virginia and so we have some you know public art installation works and then we have the ones at the airport actually which sort of kick things off for me those terminal one is going to get renovated so we have to relocate those and so okay. um, they're going to be saved and into a new building and so I'm working with the airport on, on that process uh, I have a big project downtown San Diego at Children's Park which is across from the convention center and next to the children's uh, new children's museum mm -hmm. that one's supposed to go in later this year uh, so yeah we have again several public art projects going and then um, we also have uh, more sunset projects works we have the truck, we have some um, retail stores, um, mostly food related, um, that we're working on and, wow. uh, yeah, some one-off small, small objects too, but, um, yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. So how do you stay? What are you practicing any, um, rituals or do you have any sure. practices that you're enjoying to to get you centered and grounded with all these things yeah, that are I mean, in your life? That's a great question. Um, that's That process is also sort of a project in itself um, and constantly evolving. Um, for the last sort of four or five years, I really got into CrossFit and uh, working out. And my son joined me for a lot of that. And uh, that I found was, was a great way to sort of, you know, clear the mind, you know, sort of my body connection, obviously staying healthier um, and um, yeah, trying to just, you know, stay active really to keep up with the kids and keep up with the demands of work and things because a lot of the stuff we do is very physical. Um, and yeah, I'm not getting any younger. So um, the exercise component, I think for me is very important, you know, just being into athletics as a child and youth and, and, and I want to sort of continue to be able to, to, to use my body. 
Um, but now I am still working out, um, sort of CrossFit related work, sort of hit training work, but, um, I am trying to also take advantage of just slowing down a bit. Um, mm. and so for me, sort of just walking yeah. has been, the, you know, my, my sort of go-to to sort of, to, uh, just clear the mind and relax a little bit. Um, and, and, but also just keeping, you know, moving, um, and of course, you know, being in Ocean Beach near Sunset Cliffs, I mean, it's like you can't ask for a better, you know, place to, to do that. And so I try to walk at least, you know, three or four times a week, um, even if it's a brief walk um, mm-hmm. every day if I can. Um, just go down, see the ocean, hear the waves, breathe the air, take some steps and, uh, yeah, try to, try to, you know, clear the mind. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's just going to the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I can get in the water, that's better. <laughs> if I go go surfing, but um, but that I I don't always have time for that. So um, just being there and walking and, and surprising. I, I never thought walking would be as beneficial as it is. Really finding it to be a, a good meditative practice. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Um, so Mickey, how can we find you? How can we be inspired by your work? Where, where do we get to <laughs> see all the things that are happening? Uh, I do have websites, sunset, sunsetprojects.com and uh, mickeyiwasaki.com. I probably have to spell it in the notes somewhere. Oh, yeah, but, we'll do it in the um, show notes. Yeah, and then also we do have uh, Instagram as well. Same thing. Uh, I think it's sunset underscore projects. And um, also just Mickey Iwasaki on Instagram. So I guess Instagram is probably what I what I update most. And I do have my okay. personal Instagram too um, that you're more than welcome to share. And uh, that's more of my life stuff um, with my kids and everything. But uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I don't want to share that either. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But any, any of those modes, email, fine, web, web contact, okay. fine. You know, I try to answer all of my sort of messages pretty quickly so um yeah if anybody needs to get in touch amazing amazing and yeah thank you again for coming on and we will have you on the design panel here coming in in august and i think that's gonna be such a beautiful opportunity for our members to get to know you even more and to ask all of their their questions so rad all righty well thank you You have been listening to Bewitching the Home. Special thank you to all my Patreon members. Without you, this show would not be possible. Music composition by Ken Seth Thibodeau. Editing by Marcy Ferry. And special assistance by Blake Ferris. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button. And if you want to support us even more, please join me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash bewitching. You can also follow me on Instagram at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Lorraine, L-A-R-R-A-I-N-E, and find out more information about the podcast on the website, bewitchingthehome.com.